welcome to the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast, a podcast on all things Marvel and the Fangirl Zone. I am Mischievous Dave. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. Today we're talking about episode four of season one of Hawkeye titled Partners. Am I right? <laughs> eh, not so much. Maybe you can be partner Steve. And I'm partner Steve. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Initial reactions. What do you think, Sean? I liked it. I will tell you, I kind of got spoiled because I didn't get to watch it Tuesday. Well, I think it's spoiled. Rewind. It was something was put out there about our guest appearance. Right. That we all knew yeah. was coming. Yeah. And it kind of made me mad that the toxic fandom was ticked off that she's like, yay, I can't believe I'm going to be here. I just wanted to let you know and showed some behind the scenes pictures. Well, she got banned in Canada. Yeah, it's like, what? and people were like yeah. so ticked off. And so that made me mad because I'm like, how are you not liking this? Cause I it's building everything. And I've just been on pins and needles waiting for this to happen. And when I got kind of sort of a spoiler from Dave, but it wasn't a spoiler, <laughs> I was like, ooh, are we getting, what, what did I say? I'm like, Kingpin, Batman. Batman. Yeah, it was like, I'm thinking, is it Kingpin? Is it Mephisto? Is it Agnes all along? Um, yeah. But like, <laughs> I was waiting for something and I'm like, oh, we knew this was coming. So I wasn't mad about it. I'm just irritated. But I feel like they definitely dropped a little seed that is blooming in my mind that I will get to that I totally thinking it's taking a left turn. So I'm excited about the way this one ended up. Oh, wow. Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> well, keep that seed fertilized. <laughs> it's, it's in my head. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it as well. Interesting that Kate wants to be partners, but yet she still does her own thing. So it's like, that's really not quite how it's supposed to work. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed a few inconsistencies like that too yep so we'll see what happens i mean i definitely believe that hawkeye is serious about what he said kate at the end but i don't think kate's gonna listen <laughs> of course she's not gonna listen i feel like she's never gonna listen to anybody about anything no yeah i thought it was okay good parts there too i i know we're not rating it but if we were I would give it three out of five nickel tricks. I still can't do that with a bottle cap. The first person I'd probably kill is myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, you know, there was, I know we're going to get to it soon, but I think it's Steve's part that will probably touch on it. But I, I was wondering, how the heck, at the end of the lesson, did uh, they get there? That is Jack and Kate's mom. I thought the place was empty. Right. That's what they thought, too. Yeah. So, what, do they have a secret entrance somewhere? Anyway, we'll get to it. Did you get a problem with that at all? I have a problem with Kate not actually following directions, so I feel like she just didn't know how to do recon very well. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. I mean, the apartment was huge. There's an upstairs. How do you know they're not there? You just assume, oh, this time of day they're supposed to be at work. So Right, and which doesn't make a whole lot of sense either because she's got had her own place, so how would she know where Mom and Jack's schedule? She wouldn't, so... That's why I was just thinking, yeah, she's just assuming and... She doesn't know what recon is. Well, she didn't hear any boots knocking upstairs, did she? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. The, the whole thing was weird. And I don't know. I, I can't reconcile it. I'm still it, thinking it, she you know, just you know, doesn't know how to pay attention. What else puzzles me is that her mother doesn't get the alert that she was the bishop system until 10 minutes later. Right. Huh? <laughs> anyway. Go ahead, Steve. <laughs> it's all yours. Oh, wait, no, I have to do the recap. John's got a little recap, yeah. Yeah, I have a little to plant more seeds. Secrets are revealed and hard truths emerge. 
culminating in a battle against two opposing forces. Yeah, little tiny seeds. Yes, yeah, yeah just baby, a little. baby poppy seed size seeds. Face to face with Avenger in his apartment, Jack struggles to recall Clint's superhero name, stuttering, you're, you're Archer, <laughs> or Barton Correxy. <laughs> Referring to Hawkeye as Archer potentially nods toward two alternate versions of the Marvel hero. The real name of Earth 9602's Judgment League Avenger Hawkeye was Clinton Archer, while Earth 712 had Wyatt McDonald, who went by the names Golden Archer and Black Archer, as well as using the Hawkeye moniker. He was the Golden Archer? Was he sponsored by McDonald? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I never read any of those series, so I was like, wait, what? On the other hand, Eleanor is less than thrilled to find Kate Clint in their penthouse. (laughs) Sitting down for a family chat, Jack, Clint, Eleanor, and Kate all drink from mugs decorated with green hexagons and bees. Both are visual hallmarks of the Breaking Bad franchise, which probably isn't a coincidence since Jack actor Tony Dalton is famous for portraying Lalo Salamanca in Better Call Saul. <laughs> they just throw out Easter eggs just all over the place. Doesn't have well, to be, be Marvel. Yeah, they're doing the hexagon stuff through Marvel. I mean, the previous series that we had had tons of them in there too. Yes. So grilling them on what they're doing in the penthouse and why Bishop Security has recently been accessed. Kate divulges that the two of them are working on a case. <laughs> An Avengers level threat. Clint, meanwhile, is less than enthusiastic about this, trying to temper expectations from Kate that they are partners. That was hilarious, them going back. Yep. The more Kate Clint talk, the more Elnor feels uneasy about what they're doing. Offering to show Clint out of the penthouse. Eleanor implores Hawkeye not to endanger her daughter. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Can I show you out? Especially what's coming up here. Eleanor asks whether the Avenger is a parent himself, only to be met with a poker face. He's good at that. Small detail pulls from Avengers Age of Ultron, which revealed the Barton family was in super secret hiding, known only to a few within S.H.I.E.L.D. Clint has obviously loosened the reins a little since then, appearing publicly with his kids at Rogers the Musical and in a New York restaurant, but still maintains an air of secrecy when untrustworthy strangers begin prying. He can't give up the mission they're currently on, but he will see to it that Kate is safe. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when she's like, can you just let this case go? It's like, what? That was the first seed. It's like Kazi saying, "Uh, why don't you just drop this? Right. (laughs) To Maya. And they both know they'd be in trouble if the trail continues. And he's also not leaving without a parting gift. Clint secretly swipes the Ronin sword away from Jack when nobody is looking. I was glad that happened. Yeah, no, he, he's quick. Uh, that was puzzling to me, too. Why didn't we see it? How come we didn't get to see that? Exactly. <laughs> It'd be kind of slick. I'm assuming it was the whole, well, let me grab my coat. And then because he knows how to make the sword like collapse or whatever right. really quickly. So it was like, bam. And it's not making the big whoosh, whoosh sounds <laughs> like we're hearing on TV. I think Jack might notice that. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me do that again. Yeah. Just so, you know, you guys can all keep this. And uh, use it in your real lives. The whoosh, whoosh. Whooshy, whooshy. Whoosh, whoosh. I'm just going to keep <laughs> doing that. So anyway, there is trouble at home. 
After asking Laura to look into Sloan, she comes back with some useful information. Sloan is a front for the track suits, and Jack seems to be the man in charge here at the top. I have a Jack theory. Tinfoil hat theory later on, too. That might go with mine. Okay. The previous episode three set up Kingpin's MCU debut with a series of references to Wilson Fisk, including the most suspicious suit sleeve in MCU history. Clothes make demand. This week's episode drops another tease when Clint Barton claims Jack Duquesne is laundering money for the big guy. The nickname could be interpreted literally to due to Kingpin's traditional appearance in the Marvel comics, which he is extra big. Yeah. He couldn't, couldn't pull that off in Daredevil, but he still looked pretty good. Uh, Laura also can't help but wonder if there's anything that might be a problem for them on the horizon. Is anything else from the auction missing? Like a watch? She wonders I'm still questioning this what? because I don't remember anything about a watch and then the way it all played out later. And how does she have so much information? Yeah. Was she a spy that we don't know about? Is she possibly part of like the Black Widow training program? Oh, I've heard that she's really, uh, what do you call those space aliens that are shapeshifters? The Scree? Yeah. Scroll. Scroll. Yeah, scroll. I, I was close. Yeah. <laughs> I got, I was going squee and then. I mean, <laughs> I hope not. I hope not. But that's the theory I've heard that she's really that a scroll. That would be weird. Uh, it would be too weird. I, I think I've had enough of that. But I do have a couple of theories on the watch. Should we do it now or do you want to wait? Might as well do it do now. We, We're talking about the watch. Do it. Do it. Alrighty then. I'm like, I got so many question marks above my head. I look like an anime character right now. <laughs> well, when you heard later from Clint that the watch belonged to somebody, he's been in it for a long time. Okay. So, older dude. So, I would think, okay, it's Hank Pym. Something, there's some tech in the watch that belongs to Hank Pym. We've already seen a Pym hint in the show already in the last episode. Yep. So, maybe it's Hank Pym's watch. So, I slept on that. And I woke up this morning and go, wait a minute. Maybe it's Steve Rogers' watch. And there's an engraving on the back or a clue to it somehow that proves he's alive and or where to find him. Ooh. Because it said it would give away his secret. Yeah. So I so, like both of them because we have the new Ant-Man in the lineup. So yeah. that would make sense with Pym. And then, yeah. of course, everybody think was hinted at in Falcon and Winter Soldier that Cap is not necessarily dead. So, it, oh, great. Now I have time. more rabbit holes to go down. <laughs> well, that's my two theories as far as the watch is concerned. I'm dying to see how this is resolved. When I was talking to my pals at Wonderland Comics in Connecticut, I was raising doubts that it's going to be resolved at all. We get a cliffhanger. That's okay. But I think there's going to be a lack of resolution here. I don't have a lot of faith in it. Yeah, I'm just being cynical. I was starting to think it was Furies because, I mean, our people know Fury's alive. But we also know he last time we seen him, he was up on a spaceship. So yeah, I wasn't sure. <laughs> so there's a third option. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway, we were just talking about Laura wondering about Watch, and she wonders if it might appear again, too, which worries Clint, like, gulp. Clint, not the only one with troubles at home right now, as Kate tries to talk to her mother about Jack, but Eleanor would much rather talk about the upcoming Bishop Security Holiday Party. That's weird. Either she's just trying to change the subject real fast. Yep. And this is right after she just exposed her own suspicions, though. So why didn't she pursue that? I don't know. That seemed inconsistent to me. But speaking of Eleanor Bishop as an un trustworthy stranger many hawkeye viewers suspect kate mother is actually madam mask from the marvel comics or at least knows her playing into that theory several pieces of artwork hanging around the background of the show a blank-faced woman somewhat similar to madam mask's traditional appearance the first hint can be seen in the bishop penthouse apartment after hawkeye leaves and there's a second drawing in the lower right of echo's home for the first time kate also sees a softer side to her mother and jack as 
he brings her a cup of tea, the couple of impromptu slow dance in the living room. That was pretty good acting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not all around. Kate, even look in her face, that softening look. I'm not sure I could do that. You know, you guys have to worry about that. I'd probably take out my eye. Practicing the (laughs) trick in the mirror anyway. Jack Duquesne has an endearing habit of butchering idioms and misquotes Forrest Gump by saying, life is short, you never know what you're going to (laughs) get. Though hardly an obvious comparison, Jack and Forrest have something in common. Both are outwardly innocent, but often find themselves in the wrong or right place by coincidence. And Duquesne turning up at the black market auction on Sloan's LTD's records and having a butterscotch candy from Armand's apartment immediately after the socialite's death. Is this a sign that, just like Forrest, Jack is merely a victim of circumstance? Nah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm kind of on the fence with that lately. But that Madame Mask, Madame Mask showed up in Agent Carter, right, Steve, in the second season? Yes. Please. Okay, that's what I thought. So this would be interesting if they actually pull that thread through. Yeah, so hmm. much. So many threads. And it sure feels to me like both Jack and Eleanor are in cahoots and probably working for Batman. <laughs> Batman. <laughs> or Jack is just trying to get into take over Bishop's security systems, which will would definitely be a feather in Fat Man cap because that would definitely allow him to do a whole lot more without having to worry about security systems that he can now just override when needed. Yeah. Hands on a lot of funds now. He's got supposedly Armand's funds heading his way, plus right. he's hoovering towards Eleanor's funds to money. Okay. I, 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 I don't know where my... He oh, hired the Black Widow because he has all those resources now. Maybe it wasn't Fisk. Okay, I don't know where my theory is going to fall in because I think right now would be good. So I'm just going to share it. Okay. Right. Maybe early. <laughs> okay, because at some point we see Kate's mom on the phone and she says that she has to talk to whoever's on the other line. So I'm starting to think that she and Jack are not working together, that she might be possibly setting Jack up as a fall guy, even though Jack has his own plan to try to like sneak into the Bishop's security. So it's like they don't know they're playing each other off each other. So I can totally see this taking a really weird left turn. Right, which would possibly connect to our person that sent Yelena after Clint. Yeah, and I'm starting to think that, and I totally forget her name, the one Julia Louise Dreyfus played, yeah. is actually a completely separate entity that she's not actually sending Yelena because somebody is like paying her, that she's doing it to try to get something else. Like she has a whole nother plan. She just wants to take Clint out because maybe she had already gotten wind about all these kids and knowing that somebody's going to bring them together at some point. And Clint is probably the best bet. Right. And that it would totally jack up her plans. <laughs> That's going to happen. So it's like a really weird thing, but that would pull so many strings and we totally get a happy little friendship bracelet out of it. <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, that's just me. It may sound crazy, so we'll see what happens. But after spending time with her mom and Jack, Kate realizes that Clint is all alone right now and it's Christmas time. That's no way to spend the days before Christmas. So on a mission to spread holiday cheer, Kate shows up at Moira's apartment with all the trimming she can manage. We're talking about light up trees, decorations, ugly sweaters, which I love that they got the ugly sweaters. And of course, pizza and who else? The pizza dog. 
Which, by the way, they did show a behind-the-scenes picture of the dog. The dog is not blind in one eye. He has <laughs> both eyes. <laughs> That's awesome. Yes, but they have had to digitally remove his super waggy tail on occasion, too, because he's like, yes, I'm here. This is great. Hawkeye's premiere played into the real-life Thanos was right argument by having the slogan scrawled upon a bathroom urinal. Episode 4 reveals the gag was Clit drinking from a Thanos was right coffee mug. Evidently, Kate Bishop's aunt was mad about the Mad Titan. Hmm, I wonder if she was starting to get rolls again, and that's what it was. I love There's- that Clint gets to the apartment after talking to his wife and starts taping uh, <laughs> Rose. Uh, oh my gosh, those like daiquiri pouches. They're like, right. we call we call them adult drink pouches. Okay, that works. <laughs> like, just slap a big old straw in it, you're good to go. But yeah, I, I love that they're like all over. It's like, huh, what else does she have in her freezer? It seems mostly those and some frozen veggies. <laughs> so at least he had ice pack. And yes, for people who are listening, who are overseas, it is a weird thing that apparently only people in the U.S. have. I don't know why, but like those frozen vegetables, the peas especially, are really good if you've hurt yourself because it bends around your injury. Not that I use them. I actually eat them when I buy them. I don't use them for injuries, but it's a thing. I don't know why. But anyway, there is also a purpose for this holiday party and not just to get drunk off those pouches. Kate wants to get to the bottom of Jack in the tracksuit. When Kate Bishop expects her mentor to devise an ingenious plan, Hawkeye responds with, planning's not really my thing. And also, are you sure that's a dry erase marker? (laughs) (laughs) That was totally an expo marker. Come on. That's the only dry erase I have. But to get rid of it, use a permanent marker over it and it actually comes off. I don't know why. I'm sorry. Yeah. A permanent marker used a dry erase. Sorry, had that backwards. I don't know why that works. <laughs> I almost screwed everybody up. Don't yeah. do that. But I don't know why that other thing works. It's very strange. This is a nod to how Clint Barton was rarely the brains of the operation in his MCU movies. Uh, I think he knew a lot. He just, he wasn't the one planning the big long deal. When a scientific solution is called for, Hulk and Iron Man took point while Captain America came up with any and all battlefield strategies. Before that, Hawkeye took orders from Nick Fury, so no planning, really. It really, really isn't Clint's thing. He's done it, but apparently not that great. Because we do find out later, he didn't follow orders at one point, which we'll get to that. Following the previous episode's car chase sequence, the MCU faithful were left wondering, where are Clint Barton's trick arrows, and where are they coming from? He's retired from S.H.I.E.L.D., and Hank Pym doesn't quite line up as Hawkeye's permanent supplier. So unless Tony Stark is making weapons from beyond the grave, Trick Arrows should be in short supply. To Kate Bishop's utter dismay, this week's episode confirms as much. The few arrowheads aside, Jeremy Renner's quiver is all but completed of Trick Arrows, revealing another consequence of Tony Stark's tragic demise. It would be difficult to get an exploding arrow back anyway, right? (laughs) (laughs) I totally see that. It's like, oh, okay, well, that whole thing went to pieces. But where was he doing them before? Come on. He wasn't making them? I think he was. I think him and Laura are doing something in that barn more than holding tractors. Yeah. Hawkeye believes Kate Bishop boomerang (laughs) arrow concept is ridiculous and impractical. But he wasn't saying that in Matt Fraction's 2012 comic run. That's interesting. During a car chase sequence with the tracksuit mafia, which heavily inspired Hawkeye episode three, Kate Bishop's final gambit isn't a pim arrow, but a boomerang arrow, which she fires to strike her tracksuit clad opponents in the back. 
Interestingly, it's Clint who favors boomerang arrows in the source material and Kate who reckons they're useless. I still think that would be kind of weird unless it like releases the arrowhead and then comes back, but I'm not an archer, so I don't know. Right. Chilling with Hawkeye in her aunt's apartment, Kate Bishop wears a top featuring Laika, the Russian dog who went into space. Hmm. Where have we seen Laika before? Kate down this very same garment in Matt Fraction's Hawkeye comics, which has served as a primary inspiration for the Disney Plus series thus far. Hawkeye previously established Kate Bishop's aunt as a minor Marvel comic character, Moira Brandon, thanks to the movie posters dotted around her apartment. Paying tribute to the original Moira, more directly, a Chance of Love poster Kate draws on, and definitely not the dry erase one, shows Moira adopting a pose lifted directly from the comic book. However, after a few too many festive drinks, which I don't even know how many times they fired up that blender. Right. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye demonstrates to Kate Bishop how his real talent is an archery, but insane accuracy in general, as he switches off the TV by tossing a small Christmas decoration across the room by flicking it more with his fingers, not exactly yes. tossing it. It was no. like, <laughs> and it bounced off like three things or something. It was crazy. This trick brings MCU Hawkeye more in line with the comic book, where Clint can fling items of all kinds with deadly accuracy, including toothpicks and his own fingernail. Oh, that's kind of gross. Yeah. But the evening's not all fun and games, as eventually the two start talking about being an Avenger. Clint flashes back to the Barton family getting snapped in the opening sequence of the Avengers Endgame, which made me cry, and Black Widow's death from the same movie, which made me cry. And there's also never-before-seen footage of Ronan killing gangsters. That didn't make me cry. Kate also pieces together the fact that Clinton was Ronan, which he notes everybody dealt with blip in their own way. Yeah. (laughs) A little more extreme than others, but yeah. yeah. Well, there's only a finite number of trick arrows in the world, so Kate has to go get them back. Clint's been tracking their location and realized their signal stopped near a NYPD holding facility, so maybe those LARPers could come in handy again. I love that he has them all being tracked. Heading down to the park, Kate finds the group of them practicing for their next battle. After a brief negotiation, Grills, Wendy, Missy, and Orville agree to help Kate out as long as they get something in return, too. Now, of course, in episode two, introduced to Grill, nodded to a character of the same name, but some of his costume friends apparently have Marvel history also. Kate Bishop meets police officer called Wendy Conrad, real name of Hawkeye villain Bombshell, who debuted in 1983. Also representing the foam's sword mob is Orville, who could be the MCU's Orville Bach, another projectile-themed Marvel character, better known as Oddball. Back well, he did look a little odd. Yes. <laughs> Back at Grill's apartment, who just happens to have taken a batch of fresh doodles out of the oven, He's got an idea for what Clinton Kate into the bargain might be. Material for brand new costume. Kate's I'm really- just saying Kate's not exactly the best at keeping things on the down low. No, not at all. <laughs> Kate's it's like, willing- hey! Yeah! <laughs> Kate's willing to sweeten the detail too. What about enough material for four new costumes? Plus two more for her and Clint. This is not the kind of play or guild Clint wants to be associated with right now and hurries Kate out the door. Will you quit trying to brand me? After LARP enthusiast Raid Grills makeshift HQ, a Dungeons and Dragons poster can appear on the apartment wall. 
Now, back in 2019, Jeremy Renner was one of the several names attached to the 2023 Dungeons and Dragons movie adaptation, though the role eventually went to Chris Pine. I did not know that. Yeah. That's hilarious now. Thought it could be a coincidence. D&D is still the byword for LARPing, rightly or wrongly. Poster could also nod toward what might have been for Renner's acting career. It's a what-if episode waiting to happen. (laughs) That would be fun. Also added to the apartment is a row of video games with Tomb Raider featured prominently in the shot. The retro gamers will remember Laura Croft for dual pistols exploding in midair and those dreaded underwater levels. The most recent incarnation is more known for wielding a bow and arrow, drawing a parallel to Kate as a fellow famous fictional female archer. Wow. Say that five times fast. Yeah. Yeah, that's not happening. (laughs) So, as we move on, Clint knows he needs to have a conversation with Kazzy about Maya. He's the only one who can get through to her. If she keeps trying to track down Ronan, it's going to get her and others killed. Clint doesn't want any more blood in his hands and warns Kazzy what might happen. She's chasing a ghost. Kazzy is less than thrilled to be ambushed by Clint like this, but agrees to try and help ease Maya off the hunt for Ronan. Yeah, I bet he does. Yeah, that was amusing, the whole sequence in the car. Oh, do you want this? Are you looking for this? How about this? Now my gun back? Yeah, and what does Clint do? He gets out and just tosses that sucker. <laughs> yeah. Wait, doesn't he say, yeah, go get it? Or yeah. I thought he... He goes, he yeah, that's something. not happening. Oh, okay. And then he throws it. Yeah, I'm not giving it to you. You can go find it. Fetch. <laughs> I love it. And he was like so mad. Like you really thought the Avenger was going to be like, okay, bad guy, here's your gun. Yeah. No. I was hoping he threw it into a river. Yeah. I just assumed you threw it into a river because you just can't throw a gun someplace and let some kid find it on the ground. Oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I, I was thinking it was like the river was close too, but that's not necessarily the true. Yeah. Uh, there were some trains there. Tra- yeah. Train cars, so. Oh, great. So yeah. just random train guys? he doesn't plan ahead at all. No. The missing watch from the auction has been located, and they hadn't talked about this again pretty much since the first episode, so I'm still wondering... I know we talked about it, but really, are they going to tell us whose it is? Right. But Clint is trying his best to teach Kate how to do a simple in-and-out retrieval. Yeah. However, Kate has other ideas and goes completely rogue, deciding that she's the one who's going to do a little breaking and entering rather than serve as a lookout and not even do it the way that Clint was telling her to. Nope. She's in rice, woman. Listen, you want to learn, you got to listen. Once inside the apartment, after just walking through the front door and telling some old dude, yeah, I'm talking to an Avenger. Granted, the guy thought she was crazy, but still. Kate, <laughs> here's a thought. Shut your lip. Button it. No more talkie. Cheese and rice, woman. Like, I just can feel Clint rolling his eyes. Like, I don't even have to see it happen. No, not at all. Once inside the apartment, Kate ends up tripping a silent alarm. Again, big surprise. But neither she nor Clint think much of it. She just tells them there's some strobe lights happening. Now, I was thinking it was some kind of alarm, but I was also thinking it was some kind of trap. Right. So I didn't catch what it was right away. Did either of you? I didn't figure it was a trap. I figured it was an alarm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they said they were sitting there for a while and noticed no lights, nothing moving. But Right. And then, again, here's something. We're going to have to play it up to movie magic. When we get to it, it's like, okay, if it's been a while, why are you sitting in the dark? Or were you sleeping? Why are you fully clothed? You know, there was a lot of things that had me, like, scratching my head in there. I but, just assumed Maya just came back to her apartment. Right. Yeah, once the alarm 
went off, she headed straight to her apartment to find out what was going on. Oh, see, because I don't think they ever showed the door open. I thought it was like from like the bedroom. Oh, I thought she did. Now I'm going to have to rewatch it. Secret squirrel entrance. Yeah. Well, everybody's got one in this show, apparently. <laughs> yep. But at this moment is when Kate realizes that whoever lives in the apartment has been keeping tabs on Clint. And when it dawns on them what's happening while she's snooping, well, heck, this isn't great. She finds the, the watch. Yay. But there's also the list with Clint's family on it. And oh, damn, this is Maya's apartment. Yep. They figure out what to do next, which is get the hell out. Of course, Kate doesn't move her butt quickly enough. But suddenly Clint's comms go quiet just at the same time as Maya just in the apartment, which again, questioning if somebody else caught something we didn't let us know. But Clint is also fighting someone on the roof across the way who he thought was Maya, but apparently it's not. On the what? What what, what are they on? A roof. A roof? How do you spell that? R-U-F? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Midwest. Continue. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't say rough. You gotta get it right. You gotta get the Midwest accent. Here, come on. Finally, Florence Pugh, Yelena Belova makes her MCU return after Black Widow's post-credit scene, which, again, I have been on pins and needles waiting for her to show up and see what was going to happen. Right. I thought it was interesting that Clint thought he was fighting Maya. Yeah. When we do see her, she's got her face covered. So I thought that was like kind of weird. Why would you think that was Maya when she's never covered her face before? Yeah. Many viewers would have guessed who Clint was fighting if they'd watched just a little bit longer, just from the fighting style. But most notably, Yelena does a Natasha Romanoff-esque superhero pose after being knocked off her feet. I kind of wanted her to stand up to be a poser. Yelena hilariously mocked Black Widow's trademark stance in the final adventures together, but now apparently has adopted the landing on her own, likely as a tribute to her fallen older sister. I think she's doing it like not thinking. Right. Not necessarily as like, this is tribute. It's like, I almost fell on my face. This is the best way to stop myself. (laughs) That's what I figured too. Yelena looks very different in Hawkeye compared to Black Widow, but her gear is far from new. Yelena wears a very similar black stealth gear and green goggles during her comic adventure, which have obviously inspired this Hawkeye outfit. The red sun gauntlets, which I thought had way more power, are Yelena's version of the classic Black Widow weapons, which could be a clue that tells Clint his attacker is from the Red Room. Soon, all four of them are on the roof with Clint and Kate trying to fight off Maya and the masked Elena, which, can I say, the really bad movement across, what was it? I want to say zip tie. That's not right. Zip line. Yeah, zip, zip line. Zip Thank line. you. Because that's why I don't want to ever go on one because I'm I so afraid I will stop midway like that. Yeah. I would assume that happens all the time. <laughs> Got to. Yeah. I'm like, I wouldn't make it. I can't do that. But it's like, how did that even angle up far enough for it to work? But it worked. Movie magic again. The Masculina throws Kate off the roof with a grappling hook attached to her, which I did not see her shoot her with any kind of hook. That scared the mess out of me and apparently Clint Barton. Yeah. Because <laughs> it helped stop Kate from tumbling all the way to the ground, which again made me wonder why Elena did that. I was like, hmm, so maybe she is not all bad. This, of course, triggers Hawkeye into experience flashback of Black Widow's death on Boromir as seen in Adventures Endgame, along with me and 
started to tear up thinking, wait, what's going to happen? He's visibly panicked. And the image of Clint Barton desperately reaching out his hand acts as an intentional mirror to Natasha's final moment. They're just going to make me relive this moment over and over. Yep. I hated that. Complimenting the comparison, Hawkeye subtly brings back the music used during Adventures Endgame's horror mirror scene. Can you not kill me? Please right. stop Making putting salt in worse. my wound. <laughs> Clint recalls his promise to Eleanor to keep Kate safe. So as he cuts the harness, he tells Kate to get out of here. It kind of brings her down safely. She kind of landed in a whole bunch of lights, which I'm like, what if she fell like right through and all that glass broke? And I, of course, went a whole different way thinking that's not safe. You could see where she was going to (laughs) drop. Yeah, yeah. No, he could see. I'm sure he scouted. You prepared that much in advance to letting her go. Yeah, well, he's way more like prepared than she was. So I see that. Kate, refusing to leave the fight, races back up to the roof and shoots Maya in the shoulder, leaving her to retreat. Shut up, Dave. (laughs) This is all Steve's fault for putting Roop in the notes. Me so much. Now all focus is on the masked assailant as Clint goes to get the upper hand and pulls off the hood, revealing Yelena. Though Kate has a clear shot, I thought this was interesting. Yelena looks at her and does a little head shake as to know, and then she jumps off the roof herself with a grappling hook. I thought that was interesting because Clint had just told her earlier in the episode about the best shot he took was the shot he didn't take, right? which was when he was supposed to take out Natasha. So not that she knows who Yelena is, but it was interesting because I'm thinking she knows that she pushed her off the roof, but she didn't let her just fall to her death. So I'm like, hmm, is this going to start a whole different like image that we're going to weave together, which I'm assuming it is. Clint realizes that there's something way bigger going on now, considering someone has hired a widow assassin. Knowing Kate's life is now in real danger, Clint demands that she goes home and stays away. And he's determined to finish the rest of the mission by himself. I love that he tells her, you don't understand. This just got super serious. Somebody brought in a a widow. This is something big. And Kate's just like, no, I can do this. It's like, oh, my God, listen. I know we said it earlier in this episode, in several episodes, it's like, Kate, you have to listen. You're not going to learn if you don't listen. If you want to stay hiding and helping, that's one thing. But don't have your face out there because I totally feel like she's going to just get in the way and things are going to get bad. And yep. I don't know, Yelena's going to have to actually save her or something. And that's where things are going to take a turn. I don't know. But we don't have that many more episodes to find out. Well, this is the kind of thing that's going to circle back. I can understand Clint being afraid of a widow showing up. And if that's going right to the top. Somebody with the, enough resources, whether it's Jack or, or Wilson Fisk, and the game just got larger. So how would that still affect uh, Kate if Jack or or Eleanor is working for Wilson Fisk? You know, when they have the opportunity to protect her? Well, that's so, interesting. Yeah, it kind of depends on how much Eleanor's and Jack's bosses are willing to try to keep Kate safe, whatever cost. Because tracksuit guys sure didn't know that there was a tie there, and because Maya just about choked Kate out there. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like Maya doesn't care at all about anything yeah. that's happening and anything that could happen to her. Yeah, she got brought out of the woodwork because of the Ronin sighting. But because Yelena's not hired by Wilson or Jack, that could get her in trouble. Yeah, if that's true. I'm now starting to wonder if Kate's mom called 
again, I forget her name, the one with the really long name, that told Yelena where Clint was and sent her after him. Like, maybe she was working with her. Why would Elena want to kill Clint anyway? He saved her sister. Well, because did you watch Black Widow? Yeah. Did you see it? Because she was told that Clint killed her sister. Because she doesn't know. Yeah. Because they don't know what happened on Boromir. Because it's not like that was recorded. Right. Right. Although that would be interesting. But like, here's a recording of what happened. Yeah. We had this kick-ass fight and I was trying to kill (laughs) myself and she saved me. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how she wouldn't know by now. Anyway, eh, okay. Not curious. <laughs> well, any more thoughts on this episode? No, oh, I just, well, I'm surprised she showed up in this episode. I didn't think we were going to see her until the very end. That right. is Elena. So are we going to get a watch answer soon, too? Are they going to save that for the... <laughs> are we going to see Fisk in the next yeah. episode? No, we're going to see Mephisto. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I still want to see Daredevil, so... Yes. Watch him, like, walk across the street, even just as his lawyer persona. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews. It helps other fans of the show find us, as there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. To all your friends, and I hope you're enjoying our podcast, and don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. There are so many podcasts that we have. We have over three dozen. I'm sure you're going to find something that you like. Several like Mudhorn Clan Cast, for example. Check it out. You might enjoy it. And don't forget to check out www.fangirlzone.com. Check out our contacts page with all the ways to get a hold of us because there's so many ways and we love to hear from everyone. And finally, for this episode of the Marvelous Post Blip Podcast. I'm Steve. That's not fair that your inability to act like a grown-up helps you get your way. I'm Sean fangirl and I would definitely make sure nobody's following you when you're up on a rooftop. <laughs> Roof. <laughs> and I'm Mischievous Dave, and I'll, I'll be wearing my bottom-opening jammies to the next Avengers Christmas sleepover. Felix! There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone.